Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening. So, this is the 13th show of Story Powered, and it's the last of our pilot series. But I have some really great news for you. Story Powered will be continuing, and I've already lined up some amazing guests. I'm very excited to keep the show going. We've had lots of listeners from around the world and lots of people benefiting from stories. So I was thinking, you know, let's keep the story going. Um, so if you know of anyone or that you think could be a great guest, it's, it could be a story expert or a business that's doing story really well. Uh, we've had WestJet. We've had Barrett Gold. What other businesses are out there that, that use story to get their message across, engage their employees? Or if you know someone who'd like to sponsor the program and keep the story going and increase their presence globally, um, email me at Leanne, L-I-A-N-N-E, at verygoodstories.com. I'd love to hear from you and grow this show together. So I'm excited to keep going. We've got a year of great story coming up. So today I'm really excited about today's show because we're talking about one of my favorite topics. Before I tell you about it, though, I'd like to thank my guest from last week. I talked to Mark Shank from Anecdote in Australia, and we were talking about communicating strategy with story. We talked a lot about the fact that, you know, you can you spend all this time and effort coming up with strategy, and then it often fails because um, we fail in the communication of it and people don't understand it. So I learned a lot, and I know you'll too, you will too, if you haven't had the chance to listen already. So have a listen from the On Demand library on the Story Power page. But don't go anywhere just yet, as I have someone with me now that you're going to want to hear from. David Long is here from My Employees, and he's also the author of Built to Lead. And we'll be talking about employee engagement. But first, we have the story of the week. So this week's story of the week, it's a little different than usual. And please bear with me. Um, What I'd love you to do is to um, get comfortable, get yourself in a nice position, put down your laptop, put down your uh, keyboard, put down your pen. Um, I'm going to help you find a story of your own this week. It's not a meditation, um, but if you can give you the f- give your full attention to this, it's it's really going to be more helpful to you. So sit back, close your eyes if you want to, and um, what I'd like you to do is think about the last time you were really engaged in something. Think about when you experienced flow. Time did not matter. In fact, you probably lost time. It could be at work, it could be at home, it could be at play, it could be a hobby, a sport, or a project. Just sit quietly and immerse yourself in the memory. So think about what you're doing, where you are. Stay there for a moment. So now, as you come back to the present, think about how you felt while you were in that space. How did it feel when you lost time? How did it feel when you were really focused on the thing that you were doing? What kinds of emotions did you experience? When I deliver this exercise in my workshops, people generally say they felt invested, happy, excited, involved, calm, purposeful, charged, connected, productive. And that's what it feels like to be engaged. 
We use a lot of language around engagement, but often we don't think about what the feeling is. And so that's what I'm going to encourage you to do. And if you didn't get a chance to do this, just when you have the uh, recording of this, rewind and do it again. Or take a moment when you're in a place that you can do it. Sit down and really put yourself in that position and see what it feels like. And then I want you to answer the following question. When was the last time you felt like that at work? Okay, you're probably laughing now. I I can almost hear a few of you laughing. (laughs) And if you're a manager, do you think this is how your employees feel at work? Are they experiencing this in their job? So just wanted to think about your own story of engagement and what it takes for you to feel good, to feel involved, to feel invested. And, And I want you to think about, and as we move into our topic today, I want you to keep those feelings in mind as we talk about employee engagement. Because if we think about it, here's the thing. If our employees feel invested, happy, excited, involved, calm, purposeful, charged, connected, and productive, what does that look like for our business? And how would that impact our customers? And the ultimate question, what's the effect on our bottom line? So, luckily, we have somebody here who can help us answer some of those questions. I'd like to introduce you to David Long, who is um, the CEO, founder and CEO of My Employees. He is a 25-year-old, he has, uh, it's a 25-year-old firm in the top 1% worldwide in the employee engagement recognition industry. David's firm specializes in helping managers build stronger, more engaging relationships with their team members while linking the rewards and recognition program to the desired goals of the company. David believes and lives to his very core what Zig Ziglar said was required to become truly successful in life. He said you can have anything you want in life if you first help others get what they want. As a result, David has touched untold lives through the years, including employers, clients, friends, and family. And he'll show you how he, exactly how he did this in his book, Built to Lead. So a big part of the reason I wanted to have David on the show is, um, like I say, I'm, I'm, uh, employee engagement is, is something that's really close to my heart. I was a leader for many years and, and was frankly quite baffled by um, some leadership style. So I'm on a never-ending quest to understand why people lead the way they do. Um, but I also wanted David here because he is a seriously great storyteller. He is, all through his book, he tells stories to help us better understand his messages and to embed the learning. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more great stories today. David, welcome to Story Powered. Thank you, Leanne. I'm happy to be here with you. So great to have you. So, so tell us more about you. What's your story, and, and how did you get to where you are now and focused on employee engagement? Well, I guess I could say I actually used to be, uh, I started, I guess I, I could say I was on top of the world in my early 20s. Uh, I was actually chosen by my mid-20s. I was chosen one of the top seven managers out of 1,200 managers on the East Coast in a retail company I happened to be working for then. But I decided that I didn't like a particular policy that the company had about splitting commissions, and I I basically broke it. And uh, I had been audited three times in five years, and that was all fine. I was Because I was doing so well, they wanted to make sure I was doing everything right. Well, the next time they came to audit me was because I was going for district manager interviews, and that's where I was chosen one of the top seven. And uh, when they asked me questions, uh, one of them was, are there any policies of the company you disagree with? And I said, yeah, there is. And I remember the, the guy who was, uh, had been with the company 22 years, the security guy, and I remember him saying, he looked at me kind of, kind of inquisitively, he goes, 
which one? You know, because nobody ever said that, apparently. And uh, I said, I don't agree with this particular policy. And he said, well, have you broken it? I, you know, you have that momentary thing where, oh, I might be in trouble. You know, am I going to lie yeah. here? And then uh, yeah. I didn't lie. I just told him the truth. And, and he said, oh, David, this is the hardest phone call I've had to make in 22 years. And I said, oh, my goodness, that bad? He said, yeah. So he calls and gets the divisional vice president on the company of the company on. The guy cusses at me. He says, GD, David, you're one of my superstars. What were you thinking? He cussed at me some more, and he, and uh, I just said, I think it's a, I think it's the wrong policy. Nobody blankety blank cares what you think. So he says, hand the phone back. So I hand the phone back, and they took my keys. And I sat there wow. devastated at 27 years old, and uh, I went in a tailspin. Uh, of uh, I had seven jobs in the next three and a half years, and I hated everything I did. But right. uh, in divine providence, if you will, I learned something in every one of those jobs that I used when I started my company, my employees, which is myemployees.com, I guess. But, um, and that, you know, we are in the top 1% in our industry in the world, and uh, we have 12,000 active clients in the U.S. and Canada, and I started it all in my mom and dad's garage in a five-foot-by-five-foot spot. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that, David, because it's actually, and it sounds like you, I mean, and I had a similar, not a similar path, but a similar leadership path. It was the um, Mm -hmm. what not to do style of leadership learning, right? (laughs) That's right, yeah. But it sounds like you turned that into something really quite positive. Yes, yeah, no doubt. That's um, great. After, go ahead, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, I think it's great that you, and, and, you know, in actual fact, you started with, you know, employees being at your heart, and then and then you actually invested yeah. your time and effort in creating a business for it. Oh, I do indeed, and I, I love what I do, and uh, even though I'm taking off the most weeks I've ever taken off this year of 25 weeks, uh, traveling, and, you know, my wife and I are getting ready to go to Scotland for a couple weeks here and a couple weeks from now, but nice. and I just got back from vacation yesterday, <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> I love what I do. I love my people. I have 49 employees. Uh, and I mean, we just, I try to spoil them. And uh, number one thing you really need to do in engagement really is just show your people that they're significant to you. Yeah. It's amazing how that works. If you're married, if you don't show significance to your spouse, you're not going to stay married. So if right. you're a boss and you don't show significance to your people, you're not going to have them with you. They're going to end up leaving you. They're going to get frustrated. You have to fire them because they're not performing. But when you have a team of just, just stud racehorses, you know, Clydesdales, we call them, um, in, in, our, in, in my marketing as far as our leadership and everything. We call them Clydesdales and donkeys. Right. And okay. uh, our top people, obviously, you know, are Clydesdales. But yeah. uh, that's, that's the thing, is when everybody's pulling in the right direction, man, there's nothing that can stop you. Yeah, that's right. And what does it take to be a Clydesdale in your company? Oh, good gracious. Uh, well, that's about all we have, really. Uh, we have 49 employees, but... I really don't know of a donkey in our company anymore. And that's probably part of the reason we're up 38% this year. And we've been growing uh, as what in the business world is classified as a gazelle. Any company that grows 20% or more every year for five years in a row, we've done it for 15 uh, at least. And, uh, right. you know, that's, that's what it is. When you've got winners, man, you can get it done regardless of the economy. Right. And I like, the, I like your um, use of the word Clydesdales because Clydesdales actually always operate in a team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, they require yeah. each other. They work just as hard as each other. So that's really cool. Actually, actually, I took the information from Gallup organization where they said world-class companies have 10 engaged employees for every disengaged employee. And the average U.S. company has two engaged employees for every disengaged employee. And if, you, if, a, if people go to my book's website, which is top10manager.com, 
and they go to the resources page, on the top right, you'll see a poster I had my graphics guy create, and it's 10 Clydesdales pulling that donkey sitting down. That's the world class. You know, and it's really, it's a great visual. You know, I spoke to the uh, Snap on, I I spoke to the Snap on regional sales meeting yesterday in Durham, North Carolina, on my way back from vacation. And, uh, man, I showed them they love that poster because it really signifies, it illustrates perfectly what can happen when you have a phenomenal team, you know, and you just have one loser. You know, you just, they're easy to spot. (laughs) That's all I can say. Yeah. So now in terms of that person, because again, um, you know, and I read uh, a lot of your book and, and, you know, you also talk about personal circumstances impacting on folks, yep. right? And then yes. I love, I love yes. the idea that you have that it's, it, we kind of, we go through different phases. So it's, it's not necessarily finite, right? No, it's not, you know, and, and we're, we're human beings and we have relationships with people both in and outside of the company, obviously. And things happen in life that you can take a phenomenal employee and all of a sudden, they're starting to have a little bit of an attitude problem or something like that. So you need to pull that person aside and say, you know, Leanne, what's going on? I mean, you're such a phenomenal employee. All of a sudden, you're snapping at people. You're, you're being irritable. You know, you're, you're not getting your job done. What's going on? You know, and there again, you're showing them that significance, that they matter enough that you're going to talk to them and right. let them know that you have empathy for their situation. Just tell me, what can I do to help you? Man, that goes a yeah. long way. And a lot it of does. people don't realize they're bringing it to work with them when they are. But you don't want to lose a great employee because they're going through a tough time in their life. Right. And I love the idea, this, this um, crazy idea you have that these, these um, employees are people. <laughs> Often in business, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not treating oh, yeah. them that way, right? Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got to, you really have to, you really, like I said, you have to show them they're significant to you, but you have to really, they have to know first and foremost that their leader is loyal to them because people are jaded, man, a lot today, like never before. You know, they're a little suspicious and uh, have a cynical look toward leadership. They don't trust you. And you have to prove to them first and foremost that that they are indeed, uh, they do matter to you because they will be able to see through you if if you're faking it. Right, right. Okay, so here's a question for you. What happens if your boss is the donkey? Well, you know, you can pull them if you're if you're a leader within the with the people that work, you know, for this particular donkey, uh, then you should pull them aside a little bit and say, I just wanted you to know, you know, I, I I'm happy that I'm working with you, but I wanted you to understand that this is starting to happen, you know, right. and people are starting to say this, that, and the other, you know, it's, it's it's what's going on in your life that all of a sudden you have turned into. You know, a person who's being negative and everything else. You know, I just want you to be aware of it because you're going to lose some good people over it. Now, if, they're, if the company keeps a donkey in there, that's upper management's fault. Right. And if you don't get satisfaction in talking to your manager, go over their head. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're going to end up losing one way or the other. But if you possibly, if upper management knows, and they probably already know that person is a problem, but they might not want to deal with it, which is usually the case, especially in the bigger right. companies. Yeah, and uh, and, and that's to, the piece you around you know, and so sometimes as an employee, people feel a little bit powerless, and so then what happens yeah. is they become more and more disengaged, and yeah. it just spirals, right? Yes, it does. But you know what? Just the the mere fact of you going to your manager and letting them know that you have their back is huge. Yeah, you know, people could say, "Well, I don't want to point out somebody's failures and their their problems." 
you know, they'll get mad at you. No, not really. It depends on how you do it. Yeah. You know, if they can perceive you doing it sarcastically, you know, and self-serving, that's different. But if you come at them with the idea, I just wanted you to know that they're starting to, you know, be some problems in our team because they don't feel like they're working very well with you and that you're, that you care about them. And I just want you to let you know that. First, if somebody came to me and said that, I would say, holy cow. You know, I did not realize that. I have to apologize. You know, I had one of the guys in my mastermind group not too long ago take me to lunch. Said, Dave, I want to pick your brain on something. And he basically was telling me about this person and this person and this person on his team that he was having problems with. I said, I said, buddy, I said, do you realize the commonality here in all three of these stories? It's you. You <laughs> could be the problem. And he yeah. realized, yeah, I, I kind of am. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. By the yeah, time nice. we got through with the meeting, it was, it was me basically telling him, you're the problem. Yeah. And, and he fixed it. He took his people out. He apologized. You know, and he let him know that what was going on in his personal life was affecting the company, and he asked him to, to forgive him. So, I mean, that goes a long way. It does. And, and you know, the thing is, because as a manager, and we're talking today, like, especially about management and about being a manager, and often that's the person in the middle. So mm-hmm. there may be things going on for them in their life, but often it's also they've got stuff coming upwards and they've got stuff coming downwards. Um, yeah. So I think it's great, you know, the idea. And, and again, for me, being engaged means taking risks. It means yes. being in the game, right? Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. So, so that's, I think that's great. And that's a great story in terms of, because often we don't know that we're the one and we don't yeah. recognize the commonality. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So in terms of, so we've got about, you know, less than a minute left, but I, I'm, I'm okay. just wondering in terms of your company, um, mm-hmm. what does your company do? Well, we do the employee engagement and recognition programs for, as I said, 12,000 companies, uh, active clients in the U.S. and Canada. Puerto Rico, we even have one in India, but that's uh, kind of a freak thing. <laughs> but uh, we do employee engagement surveys, employee recognition programs. Uh, you know, great day. We, we're working in employee training. We're actually cr- creating another company pretty soon. Uh, it's, in, it's on the, the uh, blackboard right now, the whiteboard, if you will, of what we're going to do. But it's in a training company, and it really is needed. And it's going to be like no other employee training company out there. And nice. uh, I've researched it, so I know what I'm talking about. That's the future yeah. for us. Oh, good for you. And I think that this is the thing. There are companies who can help you out there. It's, you don't have to do employee, employee engagement alone. So thanks, David. Sure. We're now going to go on a, a commercial break. So, um, so I'm Liam Pico. You're listening to Story Powered on the Voice America Business Channel. If you want more story, you can sign up for a monthly story blast from me on my website at www.verygoodstories.com. I'd love to connect with you. And stay tuned as we talk more about effectively effective employee engagement with David Long and hear some more about his book. So we'll be back soon. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Great leaders today have certain capabilities that set them apart. These leaders have discovered transformational leadership. Now you can discover the same ideas, insights, and programs that have led them to success. Inside Transformational Leadership, hosted by Kate Ebner, is produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. We'll explore these stories and concepts every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hello, welcome back. It's me, Leanne Pico, your host. And before the break, we were talking with David Long of My Employees and the author of Built to Lead. Um, we were chatting about, and just, you know, David told a great story from his own life about. Um, Hitting a, hitting a high point in his career when he was 27, flying high as a manager and then um, challenging the company and then being shown the door and then struggling to find <laughs> the right fit for the next few years. Um, and then creating a company which dealt with employee engagement. And actually, and so it's one of, the, I love the story because it's, it's, it shows how, you know, when something happens in our life that we can turn it around and, and make it better for other people. So, um, so, but David, so obviously, you know, you, you got to know a lot of, uh, of poor leadership qualities and experienced some, some um, not so great businesses. Um, mm-hmm. But tell us why, why is employee engagement so important? Well, it just—it's almost like if you have a, a your car breaks down and you're trying to push the car by yourself and steer it, it's almost impossible. Car's too heavy; you're not strong enough. Plus, you got to do multiple things. You can't do anything well if you're trying to do everything at one time. So, if you have a bunch of people who can help you push the car while you sit in the car and steer, that's how important employee engagement is. Because if you don't have engaged employees, it's like every man's an island. And every woman's an island out there. You have to be, like I was talking about the Clydesdales, all pulling in the same direction. Because if you really want to get somewhere, and you have, like I said, on the world-class companies, 10 Clydesdales for every donkey sitting down, you know, or possibly pulling in the opposite direction, a disengaged employee, it's going to make your life a lot harder. But if everybody's moving in the same direction, look how much ground you can cover. It's amazing. You know, I mean, there's nothing to stop you. Like I said, we're up 38% for the first three months of the year. And we're growing, you know, we just have a solid growth record. It's year after year after year, even in the down economy. You know, I mean, that's, that's what you have to have. Everybody has to be on the same page. If not, you're like a rocket ship starting to take off from the launch pad, but then you don't have enough steam to get going, so you come back down. Then you start taking off again. You fix a few things, you take off again, you don't get very far, you come back down. That's what happens when you have a bunch of disengaged employees on your team. Somebody's going to sabotage you. And like you said earlier, it could be the manager. Great day. That's worse. 
you know, but that's why a company needs to, ta- to pay attention. You know, in my book, I talk about assessing who's on your management team. Are they all on board? Are they world-class managers? If they're not, replace them. We had to replace one about a year and a half ago, and we tried to fix him, but he got to the place where he felt like, well, you know, I'm making a hundred and some thousand dollars a year, and uh, things, things seem to be running well. It's good enough for me. Well, it wasn't good enough for the rest of us. So, you know, he wasn't doing what he needed to do, and we were, he was warned by myself and by my COO, Adam Tart, who's in the book. I talk about him. And, uh, you know, but he failed to do what he needed to do. That's why we ultimately let him go. But we did, oh, my goodness. We couldn't believe how much the new person we put in the position, how much the employees rallied around that individual. You can't have it. You cannot have a bad manager on your team. That's the most important. So get rid of the weak ones. And then I sat down. I talk about this in my book. You sit down with each member on your management team, and you assess each person on their team. And you say, what's Leanne like? You know, is she, I haven't heard you say anything about her in a while. You know, is she doing a good job? You know, is it time to bump her up, pay her some more money? You know, yes, how is she it doing is. as far as working with, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, how is she working with everybody else? Yeah. You know, well, Dave, she's, you know, she's a great employee. Well, well, how about Ron? Well, Ron, he's, he's always like fighting with other people. All right, well, have you tried to fix the situation? Have you let him know it was a problem? Well, no, we'll take care. That's your responsibility. Make sure he knows. You know, see if he can fix it. But you know what? If he can't fix it, Leanne, and it's a habitual problem, let him go. There were several years ago, I had to let our top, top salesperson go. And I remember Adam saying to me, Dave, she's our top salesperson. And I said, company culture is more important than any one individual. Wow. Yeah, good for you. Now, and that's such a great point around culture because, again, we're talking about, you know, in the leadership and, and when there's challenges in the leadership and, and, you know, um, I, I, there's so many, and you mentioned Zappos and a few other companies in your book around, you know, their, their whole piece around culture comes first. And I'd love you to share the story about the principal, if you don't mind, because that's a really good example of somebody who is a really, is a great, um, person, but then the culture sabotages. Do you, do you mind, do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, Not really. the school principal, you have it, I think you talked about, and you talked about it in your book, where the school principal was, you, you'd worked with him, oh, and he was yeah, a very Todd. good, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's huge. Uh, Todd Finn, he's a classic guy, he really is. Man, word work ethic. He was an Army Ranger, and uh, just a phenomenal principal. He came, to give you an idea how phenomenal he was, he came into our, one of our local public schools here, and the year before he came, there were 367 fights. Wow. And after two years of him being there, there were six. Wow. So, I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. And a lot of the teachers that were there started fighting him because he was talking about, let's take our school and our kids to the next level. And a lot of those teachers, you know, they they get, just like someone I was talking about, like the manager I had to let go. I like good enough. I'm just, I'm good right here. Don't bother me. I'm going to stay here until I get my pension and I retire, you know, that kind of thing. Well, they didn't like that shakeup. Well, some of them didn't. A lot of them did. They thought it was great, fresh, you know, breath of fresh air. You know, they started being excited about coming to work. But these died dead in the wool, uh, died in the wool deadheads just started fighting. They started complaining to the Board of, of Education. They actually came in and audited the school to make sure, you know, see if they could find any issues. And the school, their their uh, scores were starting to shoot up, and they were the best in the area. They went from the worst school in the area out of four to the top in their test scores. 
in two right. years. Right. So, I mean, massive change. Kids, a lot of times the, the, the uh, teachers that were really, really fighting him a lot, they had their, like, their premier students and everything. And all of a sudden, these kids who weren't doing that well in the past started doing well, and they started getting some of those scholarships that the other students used to get. And, oh, my goodness, they didn't like that. So they started fighting it. So make a long story short, you know, he had a lot of shakeup and everything like that, but he just got tired of it. They started attacking his wife. And various things. I mean, it really was tough. And ultimately, we ended up losing him to Georgia. There's a school in Georgia, brand new school, and he ended up taking that job. But you know what? We lost a fine man when we lost Dodd Finn. Yeah. And I'm flat out telling you, and I was very impressed with that guy. I bought 150 books to give to him, to give to your top 150 students that I want you to help take them to the next level. Or you can give it to the, uh, to the students who are not doing that well so that you can help them bring up to, you know, get them up to where everybody else is. Whatever you want to do with them, you do it. You know, and ultimately ended up leaving, and it really broke my heart. I'll tell you what. He was a phenomenal man, and I, I was proud of knowing And that's uh, – thank you for that because it, it really struck me that, um, you know, employee engagement in our businesses is, is, is very important. And – it's also employing engaging in our ideas. And I think yep. that's sometimes where we lose people. And again, culture can yeah. eat people up. I mean, that's what happens. It right? can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now, now in terms of your book, so what I, I like um, in your book, Build to Lead, and you have your, your management principles um, mm-hmm. that you've outlined. But I'm wondering, what are the key principles? So what are some of those principles for effective employee engagement? Do you want to talk us through some of those? Sure. Uh, I usually talk quite a bit on those, but I can do it pretty quick. Oh, uh, no, called, you don't have to do it quick. Whole, that's okay. you got lots of time. That's okay. <laughs> okay, good. That's good. All right. Well, the, title, the full title of my book is Built to Lead, Seven Management Rewards Principles for Becoming a Top 10% Manager. Now, the word rewards is an acronym. And I've actually become, I said top 10% manager, but actually in my career, my 35-year career, I've actually become a top 1% manager in three separate unrelated industries. But I didn't want to put that because people wouldn't believe it. So I put 10%. (laughs) But anyway, all right, the principles are, the R in rewards is recon, as the military says, or reconnaissance, if you will. And that's where we talked about a little while ago where you assess the people in your team. You know, and Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, talks about people on your bus. Well, you start with your management team, and then you assess each person on the team. You only want Clydesdales, no donkeys. So that's the first principle. The second one is education. That E is for education. And there are two parts of education. First of all, there is the mastermind principle, which I'm sure you're familiar with, Napoleon Hill. They can grow rich. And I have a local CEOs group that I started. Six CEOs in it, about to add a seventh. And everybody has to do at least a million. And we do nine, well, we'll probably do 11 million right now this year coming up. But um, anyway, so to be in the group, you have to, every month, you have to come. If you start skipping meetings, we kick you out. We've only had to kick out one person so far, so we're pretty fortunate. But you bring every month you come, and you have to either bring an opportunity you're thinking of pursuing or a challenge that you face today. Maybe it's an employee like we talked about earlier. You know, so you, we discussed that. We spend about 35 minutes on each person, and then we all go to lunch together after that and just, you know, we do the personal stuff. And if we didn't get through, we we talk about a particular problem a little longer, that kind of thing. But the other part of education is my book club, which I talk about in the book. 
And over a decade ago now, I actually read a book by my friend and mentor now, is Dr. Tony Zeiss, who is the principal, pardon me, the president of Central Piedmont Community College in Charlotte, North Carolina, which that may not sound impressive, but it's the largest community college network in the nation. And Tony is a sharp guy. Well, he wrote a book called The 12 Essential Laws for Becoming Indispensable. And I ordered that book. And I remember, actually, you know, I didn't order it. I bought it. I was at a bookstore. And I said, that looks kind of cool. So I buy that because I read three to four hours a day every day. And I read that book and I said, holy cow, I need to share this with my people. So I called a meeting in the break room and I said, guys, I've ordered you a copy of this book. I really ain't got a lot of it. I know it's going to help you in your career. Now, starting next Wednesday, we're all going to meet in here. I'm going to buy pizza or subs or whatever. And we're going to discuss chapter one. You take the book. Here's a highlighter. Here's a notebook. I want you to write a chapter summary of chapter one and be prepared to come in next Wednesday. And I mean crickets. Nobody said a thing. Eleven people there sitting with me. <laughs> and nobody said anything. They looked at me like deer in the headlights, you know. And I said, do you understand what I want? And they said, uh, yeah, but uh, why are we doing this? I said, because I want to help you become more. And when you become more, I can pay you more. Then they got interested. But anyway, so they took <laughs> the book. That's a great way to put it. In, but nobody, yeah, yeah. I said, and they came in that next Wednesday, and nobody said anything. And then I said, well, let me start. And then I proceeded to tell them about those several times in those three and a half years where my attitude stunk, and it hurt me. And I wanted to let them know that, you know, my wife and I, of course, I'd never told all of my story when my wife and I had to move back home after we, two weeks before we lost our house in foreclosure, we sold it, and we moved into an apartment, and then things progressively got worse. And we ultimately had to move back home with my mom and dad and my baby brother, who's 16 years younger than I am. He was a teenager at the time in the house. And um, moved back in with them in a 1,340-square-foot house. So eight people in 1,300 and some square feet. That's a bit crowded. You agree? Yeah, very crowded. And so, also yeah, a very um, a difficult moment for you. It was. Yeah, very much so. My wife cried for about four hours, to give you an idea. Uh, and I said, do you want to, you know, go up and stay at your dad's house and mom and dad's house? And she said, no, I want to keep the family together. I said, I do too. So we did that. We lived with them a year and four months, and we did not move out of there into an apartment. We moved out of there into a house. We bought a house after losing everything. You know, so, I mean, it was, it was a, just a phenomenal moment for us. But that, uh, when I told my people that, they were going, holy cow, Dave, I had no idea you'd gone through all that. So they had a new respect for me, and they had empathy for me. And then we started to bond together as a group. So week by week, after about a month had gone by, everybody was contributing without being asked, I might add. And we have taken that, and we are now 40. We were like roughly 11 employees back then, 12 employees, including myself. Today we're 49 employees, and we're going to be adding some more here in the next week or two. But right. uh, the book club has been the number one thing, Leanne, that has contributed wow. to success in the company. Because we, we read books, by the way, that are not just books about how to be better in your job. For example, we read Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. At the time, we had 33 employees. I had four employees, Leanne, who came to me and said, or sent me an email and said, Dave, that book saved my marriage. One of our girls was separated from her husband, and divorce was imminent. And she came to me and she said, Dave, I realized after reading this book, I am the problem. And wow. now her and her husband are back together, and they have a successful life. And you can't put a price on that, Leanne. No. And you can invest in people's lives, show them you care, and I pay my people today. You know, we have roughly 24 
people in Wednesday at 10 o'clock and the other half on Thursday at 10 o'clock. And every time I'm in town, I make sure I head up the book club meetings. So that's right, what we nice. do. We, we build our people that way. And that's, and that's huge is, in terms of learning. Ahead. A lot of people don't, um, oh, yeah. a lot of companies don't invest in education, right, of their, of their folks. Oh, my goodness. Most don't. Yeah. They, they invest to teach you your skills in the job, but they don't invest in making you a better employee, a better person, a better father, a mother, you know, a, a leader, if you will. You know, they, they invest in here's your skill set. Here's what you learn how to do it better. And that's it. You know, but that has made me, and I, I please don't think I'm saying this in an arrogant way, but that has made me millions of dollars right. by the book club. I mean, it's the number yeah. one thing that contributes to our success. Wow, that's amazing. And so for W, so we've got about two minutes till break, so I wanted okay. to get um, W in. Sure, let's get W in. W is uh, in the you know in the rewards acronym. W is for winners emerge. And that, I refer back to book club. We have, for example, a young man named Josh Straw. And he is the most introverted employee out of all we have. And I remember we, once in a while, we'll have, we'll ask our employees who would like to lead book club. And I happened to be out of town this particular time to ask. And Adam Tart, my COO, sends me, actually calls me and tells me, he says, guess who volunteered to lead book club? And I said, who? And he said, Josh Straw. I said, Josh Straw? And I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, I got to admit, don't you dare let him do it till I'm there. I want to be there. So anyway, <laughs> so I was there and Josh got up there he's, and he's, He's talking, his voice is shaking, the book in his hand is shaking. But you know what? He did a phenomenal job. And I told him, I said, after, I said, son, you showed true courage. You faced your fear and you did it anyway. I said, I just want you to know I'm really proud of you. And I mean, that was like two years ago. And Leanne, he is just coming out of, he's still introverted, but he's, he's not like painfully. You know, I mean, he's, he's got so much more confidence now and courage. And he just, you know, talks back and forth with so many more people now. He's not like just keeping to himself anymore. He's, a, he's emerged. He's a winner now. He just showed what he could do. And that's powerful. And that's what winners emerge meant. Well, and that's a, that's a really great um, thing to share because th- this is the bit I think that a lot of people don't fully understand about investing in your employees is yep. that there is so like we sometimes we, we get maybe, you know, we get very little from from them. Sometimes if we're not providing an environment that enables them to be yep. themselves or stretch themselves. So that's such mm-hmm. a great story to share, you know, to show that when you invest in somebody like I, I there's I don't think there's anything better as a manager or leader than watching that process for somebody else. Oh, it's, it's a buzz, right? It's like, like it is so it's like, amazing. It's like a butterfly. Yeah, it is so great. It is so great. And and for everybody listening, I'd I'd really recommend you 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 know, and we talk about mentoring, but you know, sometimes it's about learning and educating and and providing opportunities for people to step up. So, we're about to uh, go into a commercial break again now. So, you're listening to Story Powered with Liam Pico and my guest is David Long. Um you can get a copy of David's book Built to Lead and um I highly recommend it because it's 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 really just full of stories and full of great advice around how to get your employees really connected to your business so you can get that book at at, it's called Built to Lead 7 Management Rewards Principles for Becoming a Top 10% Manager and it's at Amazon.com or you can also go to David's site where it's Top10Manager.com and you can get the book there full of great stories so we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk a little bit about the how to engage employees and we're going to talk about how to use story to do it so we'll be back in just a moment
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. If you are in sales, do you repeatedly face the same challenges over and over? Slumping sales, job security worries, trying to get your brand off the ground. It's time to come over to a new way of thinking. It's time for Stand Up, Stand Out, or Stand Down with Malcolm Evans, the Sales Accent Guy. You'll hear what works today to keep you at the top of your sales game and increase your business directly from some of the most respected voices of the sales world. Tune in Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, Connect with us on the web at VeryGoodStories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hey, welcome back. I'm Leanne, and I'm here chatting with David Long of My Employees. Um, Before the break, we had a great conversation, and we um, started talking about David's uh, rewards principles, and we talked about the first three. And um, David, do you think quickly you could go through the... Not to push you for time, but there's so much I want to talk to you about. Sure, I got you. <laughs> I wonder if you I can could go that. through the, uh, the last few principles. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, of course, we got the W in rewards acronym. A is next, and A is attitude. Attitude is huge. My father was a Baptist pastor for 55 years. He passed away last year, probably two years ago now. And my dad used to say, son, your, your attitude is like a prism or a glass you look through. If it's clear, everything you see through it is clear. But if you drop it in the mud or in the dirt and you pick it back up, everything you're going to see through it is going to be dirty and cloudy. And that's the way your attitude is. And if you have the right attitude, man, there's nothing that can stop you. But, you know, it's like Thomas Jefferson said, nothing can help the man with the wrong attitude. Yeah, you know, right. Zig Ziglar talked about that as well. What is it, your attitude determines your altitude was one of exactly. his sayings. Yeah, that's uh, so right. That's definitely true. And that's, that's the A. And then you go to R, which is recognition. In the, or the second R in the rewards acronym, and that is huge. Uh, Gallup found that 65% of employees surveyed said that they had not received any recognition at all from their manager in the last year, Leanne. That's pathetic, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. That's awful. Last year. 65%. Oh, my goodness. So that's atrocious. Remember I said the number one thing people want 
is they want to be feel like they are significant. Absolutely. So they want to have that. Matter of fact, if you go to uh, George Mason University did a, a research uh, project years ago, and they had 10 criteria, and they said, employees, rank these 10 things that matter to you from most important to least important. Managers, here, rank these same 10 things that you feel matter to employees. Well, managers had money at number one. Well, employees had it at number five. The number one thing employees said, Leanne, that mattered to them the most was feeling like they're making a contribution to the success of the company. And number two, right behind it, was I want to be recognized for my contribution to the success of the company. Managers <laughs> and neither of those things. And, oh, and that's yeah. the thing. And neither managers, of those things are part of what the manager's lens is then. Absolutely. That's true. Oh, wow. But managers had employee recognition, Leanne, at number eight. So that's a massive disconnect from number two to number eight. So we're not on the same page. So if it's any wonder, it's really not a big surprise that 70% of managers, according to research, are disengaged in their current position. So yeah, And the numbers for employees are even higher, aren't they? Or they're about that that? too, they're 70%, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, they are. They're more than 70% uh, are disengaged. And that's, 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 it's indicative. And that's part of the reason I don't get into, we don't have time to get into the labor management disputes, but that's a large part of that. Right. They're not feeling like they're significant. Why, why should they not just ask for all the money they can get? Yeah. So, uh, you know, like I said, employees have man- money at number five. Great day. Yeah. You know. So anyway, the next principle after recognition is the D, which is duplication. And I have what I call my Sharks Teeth Leadership Development Program. And the reason I pulled Sharks Teeth is because, I, of course, I live at the ocean here in Wilmington, North Carolina. And uh, when you look at a shark's mouth, their teeth system is unique. And behind each tooth is a row of teeth behind it. And every time they get in a fight with a prey or, you know, a, a, a fish or something like that, they basically, if a tooth falls out, another one pops right up into place. And that is what you have to have if you're going to be effective in growing your company. Because you right. cannot, if you don't build your people, you can outgrow the skill set of your people. So my, each of my managers, and this tells you how confident they are that they'll do this, is I tell them, who is the person, God forbid, Leanne, if you're one of my managers, something happens to you, who in your department do you feel should be the person to take your place? And then you tell me who that is, and I say, why did you pick that person? And then they'll tell you. And then I say, what are you doing to develop that person? They better be telling me they're doing something. Oh, that's fantastic. That's how we build and add departments. We have to have people ready to step in place. If you don't, you're going to be like a car with a flat tire. Everybody pulls over to the side of the road. All the management team pulls over. If each tire is a manager and one of them's bad, everybody pulls over. You cannot wait. It will yeah. kill your production. Anyway, so it's that's true. The, and David, uh, just team. to ask you on that, because that's a, that's just okay. before we move on, because this is a really key point, I think, um, which right. is again, it's kind of the story of, of of the kind the story you tell about your employees. And when you talk about that, and I always call it the run over by a bus thing, right? Like if I get run over by a yeah. bus, so right. So what, other, what people tend to frame that as, and I have heard HR people say this to others, which is, you are expendable. Yeah. So you're not well, saying that they're expendable. Like, that's the piece that it no. gets twisted into, yeah. so now no one counts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which that's drives right. me crazy, because yeah, exactly. that is not the message, right? No, no. And like I said, the number one thing people want is to feel they're significant. So you better right. show it to them or they're going somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, but you're actually just, too short. you're helping people get ready to step into leadership roles. You're not saying right. they don't matter. Yeah, and they want to feel like they're progressing in their career, right? Doesn't everybody? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, so that's what we've got to make sure that they are. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Hmm? So what about D? Well, that's D. That's duplication. Oh, you d- duplication. The S. last Yeah, S. S is the last one. That's success. And, uh, you know, in my book, I, I give the full story. I don't have time to do it now. But I give the full story about the guy in Kentucky who won $314 million. He was a millionaire when he won the money. He had 100 employees. And what happened is when he won the money, he started just, it destroyed him. He, he and his, his wife fell apart. Uh, his kids banded him. His granddaughter, who was the apple of his eye, he took her from, she was working a menial job somewhere. And uh, she, he said, you don't need to work anymore. So she quit. He ended up buying her three or four cars. She didn't have anything to do. So she started hanging around with the wrong people, started doing drugs, ultimately died of an OD oh overdose. Goodness. And uh, I remember he was profiled on in ABC's 2020, that news program. And uh, I remember the very last thing he said on the program was, the worst thing that ever happened to me was winning that lottery. And that's when you're focusing on the wrong thing in life. And even if you're successful and you get something you didn't earn, it can destroy you like it did that man. Right. And I mean to tell you, you know, success is really having and leaving a legacy, helping other people. That's how you grow as a person is by growing other people and mentoring them and seeing their life come to fruition, seeing them live with passion and just love what they do and help them celebrate. And it's like I said on that video on myemployees.com forward slash sales, if you go and watch that video in the top right hand, that's our recruitment video. And all that is is my salespeople telling how much they love working with this and us and how much it's changed their lives. I mean, I couldn't do it as good as they do it, you know, but, I mean, that's just what it is. You have to have people that they believe in you and you believe in them, and that's how you are going to have ultimate success in your life. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Thank you for that. Cause that is, and I love your passion for it because the, the thing <laughs> is, is that, um, life is too short. A, like we spend all our time at work. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, and, and all these people, there's a lot of people earning a lot of money and they've no time to spend it and they have nobody to spend it with. Yeah. And, and I, and I think that's partly where the dissatisfaction comes is, is that disconnect that you talked about earlier, which is companies are throwing money at people and they want to feel like they're contributing and having an impact. Right, exactly. You know, and the, th- and the thing about success is, is money is not the greatest indicator. Stop and think about it. Drug dealers at the highest level make a ton of money. <laughs> Very true. But are they truly happy? Yeah, You know, in my book, true. I have a picture of Tony Montana, which was Al Pacino in <laughs> yes. Scarface. He's sitting yeah. there with a mound of cocaine in front of him. Does the guy look happy? No. Yeah, he was not he a happy man. Sister. No, that's he's not sure. a happy man. That's right. Yeah. The money yeah, is not going right. to make you happy. And, you know, the thing about it is, is that, you know, I've been, I've, I've been where I had nothing and had to move back home with mom and dad. So today, I'm, my wife and I are, and I please don't think I'm arrogant when I say this and bragging, but my wife and I are in the top 1% of income earners in the United States. Right. And money is not, after you get a certain amount of it, I basically turned down my wanner. You know, I, I call it my wanner. Yeah. In other words, I could have a boat if I wanted one. I could have a plane if I wanted one. But I don't. I turned down my wanner because things don't make you happy. Yeah. Yeah, and you're still charged and, and excited about your business. So I mean, that's what's oh, making yeah. you happy, right? And and you and you have the life that you've you've worked hard for. So, 
That's right. Um, That's right. Now, okay, so here's a question for you, which is, um, you know, so we've got lots of people maybe listening and going, yeah, but you know what? We don't have the time and we don't have the resources. Our company doesn't earn as much as your company probably does. And um, yeah. so what do you say to those folks? It, Like I said, it doesn't really matter so much as the money, as long as people can, like, you know, pay their bills. And, and I don't mean go in debt and have to pay those bills. I'm talking about being smart with their money. You know, that's something else we do in book club. We teach them how to manage their money. You know, oh, that's, that's huge. You yeah. build the whole person, Leanne. That's important. Uh, is really, if they can, people want to be part of something, something that's growing, something that's vibrant, something that is just like wow, gives them gets them jumping out of bed in the morning and actually running to to be with the people that they're part of being successful with. Yeah. That is not a ton of money. But if you're growing a company and you're part of something that you really, really feel passionate about and that you, like I said, look forward to seeing those people every day, you pump each other up, you celebrate each other, that's what you want to be. Life's too short to be in a dead-end job for the rest of your born days. Find something that you can be passionate about that you love to do. And the money, Leanne, will follow. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now, so, and that's, thank you, because that's exactly it. And, it. and it's, you know, whether you're a company or an individual, it, the same principles apply. If you invest right. in your people and, and take them along. And that's why a lot of these startups right. do so well, right? They've got great atmospheres. They they, they pull they people along in the build. It's a build. It's, it's so exciting. Fun. It's very exciting. So let me ask you, so you're, you're like I said at the beginning of the show, and, and part of the reason I wanted to talk to you and um, get you to share your stories is you're a great storyteller, and you've got all these great stories that you're able to pull out. And how do you think, like, how do you use that in your management style? And how do you think um, leaders and managers can use story to keep people engaged? Well, the beautiful thing about having 35 years of uh, management and leadership experience is I have tons of stories where I can yeah. show people and I can, I can say, look, you're headed down the wrong path. And then I can say, there was a guy named Tom years ago who worked with us, and he did this. And, and you can show by having these stories in this perfect illustration. You know, I, I mean, I'm a Christian, but, but in the Bible, Jesus taught with parables. And what are parables? They're stories. Yeah. So, I mean, that's huge. Uh, so, I mean, when you can illustrate a point with a story, people remember the story. If you're sitting in church and you've got somebody a pastor or a preacher up there who's talking about something, as soon as he starts telling a story, you've got your attention back. Because we as human beings love stories. And I love that. That's the, uh, the principle and the, 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 prince, the uh, pre- what am I looking for? Uh, the premise behind your show. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And you're absolutely right. And again, if we look at businesses, you know, and I love that the idea that you can pull out a story. And the thing that I find um, useful when you talked about that, you know, there's, an, there's a guy called Tom is that it doesn't take away somebody's dignity. It enables yeah. them to make their own decision as to whether they're going to go down the same path as Tom or not, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that, that makes me, if we talk in book club, I, I have such a good relationship with my people. My people have a great relationship with each other that I can say in a crowd, you know, 24 people roughly, I can say, uh, Robert, how about sharing that mistake you made years ago? And my people yeah. are so confident yeah. And have changed their lives so much, they don't mind telling when they made a mistake because it helps illustrate the point. You know, and I've got people that are out of debt now, or except for maybe their house, they paid off every other bill. And I, when I'm talking right now, we're doing Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University at the office of DVD series. So I have one guy, Doug, who's paid off everything but his house. 
and he's only got a few years left on that. And I'll say, Doug, tell us about it. Tell us about how you can make this happen when these people that are doubting this. So, I mean, nice. that's huge. Yeah, thank you. And that's the thing about story. And again, you know, in terms of engagement, I think there's no better way to to enable people to 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 um, get successful. So thanks so much sure. for taking the time to chat with me today. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So thanks again. We've talked to David Long, President CEO of My Employees and author of Built to Lead. You can get David's book on Amazon.com and you can find out more about David's company at www.myemployees.com. And I highly recommend it. Again, lots of great stories that you could borrow, but also um, lots of great premises for, you know, creating a book club, things in your own in your own company. So um, please tune in to next week's show when I'm going to be talking to Mark Evans. He is the author of Storytelling for Startups. And Mark will be talking to us about finding and framing your entrepreneur story, um, which is, you know, it, often that the founder story is the piece. It's the bit that um, a lot of startups, you know, need to get really clear on and we're being told that. But how do you find it and, and how do you tell it? So Mark is going to help us with that. And then he's also going to help us uh, figure out how to tell the right stories when we're on a startup budget. So a lot of you out there are... Um, you know exactly what we're talking about there. When you first get going, you don't have loads of money for marketing. So how are you going to use story and where are you going to use it? So, and like I said earlier, if you want to connect with me and find out more about more story and, and get more resources, um, you can connect with me and get my story blast at www.verygoodstories.com monthly I send you out resources and and uh, you can follow on my blog so Story Powered is on every Tuesday at 1pm Eastern Time and 10am Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel thank you so much for joining me Leanne Pico and Story Powered I'll see you next week with more story thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level. 